You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. planning to hang out with some friends or go to the gym and you don't know what to wear even though your closet is full and your drawers are so stuffed that they won't shut you feel like you have nothing to wear and you're so bored of all of your clothes this is why crystal kiss offers a wicked selection of true crime merch to bring your wardrobe to life from hoodies leggings and t-shirts to joggers crop tops and tank tops crystal kiss has you covered Offered in so many designs, Crystal Kiss can make you stand out and feel dazzled. Make a fashion statement with Crystal Kiss. Check out crystalkiss.com today. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. I hope everyone's having a great week. So before I get into today's episode, I just want to let you guys know that I am on Patreon. You know, I work really hard on my podcast. I do a lot of editing and a lot of research. And I do that so I can deliver great episodes to you guys. So I really appreciate your support. I am on Patreon. Those of you who do join, you will get access to a bonus episode every week. Those of you who enjoy my podcast, please don't hesitate to join my Patreon. The link is in the show notes. So today's real crime story is about 16-year-old Emma Walker of Fountain City, Tennessee. She was a student at Central High School, and she was a cheerleader. She had a boyfriend named Riley Gall, and he was an older student and Central High's wide receiver. Now, Riley was raised by his mother and grandparents. He loved to play video games, and he was a good student. His friends described him as a jokester and not the classic jock type. When Emma's parents first met Riley, they liked him. He was like the boy next door. And he'd go over to Emma's house and they would meet up after the football game. Emma's social media was full of pictures of them together. The morning of November 21st, 2016, a little after 6 a.m., Emma's mother went into her room to wake her up for school. And she was cold to the touch. And she didn't have a pulse. She looked like she was sleeping, but she wasn't. She was deceased. Emma's mother called 911. Her bedroom was located in the rear corner of the house. The police showed up and the forensic team started taking pictures of the outside and inside of the residence. They took pictures of Emma's bedroom. Everybody thought Emma killed herself. There was a bullet hole in the wall and there was a bullet hole above her left ear. And there was also a bullet hole lodged in her pillow. But there was no weapon found in the room. So it was not a suicide. There was foul play. 
Emma's father told police that in the early hours of that morning, he woke up to a door slamming. He got up and looked in Emma's room and her brother's room, and they were both sleeping. Police discovered that what her father heard was a gunshot. Nobody was in Emma's room. The shot came from outside. The police looked around outside and found two bullet holes and two shell casings from a 9mm handgun. These were not drive-by shootings. They were calculated shootings. And they were almost 90 degrees apart. The school told all the students that Emma was shot. And everybody was on social media talking about it. Nobody could believe it and were worried that maybe they would be next. November 18th, two days before Emma was murdered, there was a football game that night. Emma's friend and classmate, Zach Green, ended up going to a friend's house where Emma was. And when he got there, Emma told him that she was getting really weird text messages. It said, Come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one get hurt. So they went outside and looked around and nobody was there. So they went back inside. And then a couple minutes later, she got another text that said, What do you not understand about coming outside alone? Emma texted back, threatening to call the police. Then they said they dropped Riley outside. So Emma and Zach went outside and Riley was lying face down in the ditch. He pulled up his head, acting confused. And Emma's like, why are you here? And Riley said he was kidnapped and he was acting weird. Emma told him to leave her alone because they broke up. Apparently, Riley called his friend Noah and told him he was kidnapped. But of course, Noah didn't believe him. He didn't even want Noah to call the police. The following morning on Saturday, one day before Emma's death, Emma was driving home from a friend's house and she saw a man dressed in all black walking down the street in her neighborhood. She got creeped out, so she pulled in her driveway and went inside her house. Then all of a sudden, she heard banging on the door and her family wasn't home. So she started a group chat with her friends, telling them what was happening. And then she video called Riley and told him what was happening and that, he, and that she needed him. He was in his car and told her he was on his way. Emma was supposed to meet her mother. And when Emma failed to show up, her mother came home. And she found Emma and Riley in the front yard. And Riley explained why he was there. Emma's mother reminded Riley that he wasn't allowed there and politely asked him to leave. And he did. The police started searching for this mysterious man in black. A neighbor had surveillance cameras set up on her house on the corner, and they caught the entrance of the neighborhood. She reviewed the footage. The man in black was caught walking in front of her house the Saturday morning before Emma was murdered. If you're looking for true crime merch with a great fit and feel, look no further. Crystal Kiss has a wide selection of clothes to brighten up your wardrobe. I like to wear clothes that make a fashion statement and says something about me. Like, our true crime and chocolate design describes me very well. I love chocolate and I love watching true crime, so they go hand in hand. Our hoodies are so soft and can be paired with one of our true crime joggers to make a super comfy outfit. Our true crime t-shirts fit true to size and last several washes. 
for a night out, so on a pair of heels with one of our true crime leggings and a crop top. Whatever you're doing, Crystal Kiss has you covered. You people in the U.S. get free shipping when you order three or more items. You can also use discount code MURDER15, that's MURDER15, and save 15% off your entire order. Check out our wicked selection of true crime merch today at crystalkiss.com. On November 22nd, 2016, everybody attended a candlelight vigil at Central High School for Emma. The stadium was full. Everybody kept giving the police Riley's name because of the way he treated Emma while they were together. Riley went on social media and posted, Rest easy now, sweetheart. I love you forever and always. The police interviewed Riley. He told police that he and Emma broke up and she didn't want him back. He referred to Emma as the girl. He told police that he had been trying to speak with Emma, but she wouldn't talk to him. There was a guy dressed all in black, right? Yes. The, uh, the girl, she, uh, she texted me. Wh- which group? The one that passed away. Okay. Wh- which one? Emma. Okay. She, uh, she texted me, and she was, she was kind of acting frantic over the phone. And she said that someone was trying to get into her house. Somebody was dressed in all black. I had a face mask on. She said that she saw him. She said she thought they were just taking a walk in the neighborhood. And then when she passed them to pull into her driveway, they put on a pair of glasses. And they started, like, she said they kind of, like, sped up. So she went into the garage and closed it. She said he came up to the door and was ringing the doorbell, knocking on the door, trying to get in. That's when I was already halfway there because she was freaking out on the phone. Do you have, did you say she texted you that information? She, or just, she texted me like, she was asking if it was me at first. And I told her, no, what's going on? And that's when she FaceTime called me. She was crying and freaking out. So I said, okay, give me a minute. I'll come down there and check it out. Why did she think of you? Because we broke up. Blue. And I was trying to get her to reason with me on being back together with me. And she thought it was a joke. She thought I was playing prank on her. Wow. She just kept saying no. She said she didn't care about the relationship anymore. She said she cared about me. She loved me, but she didn't care to be with me anymore. I hope to God I'm not a suspect in her death. Did I say you were? I hope you don't think you are. Because I wouldn't hurt that girl for... Yeah, I would hurt myself if I hurt her, and that's what I've done. Can you think of anyone that would want to hurt Emma? I don't know anyone that would ever want to hurt that girl. We're saying that's trying to hurt her. Oh, maybe somebody's trying to scare her or something. No, I don't know anyone that would want to do that. Grandfather? Mom? Anybody? No. Anybody mad because of what's going on? I mean, I can tell your family cares about you. There's somebody, I mean... None of my family would ever just walk up on the house and shoot. So, no. None of my family, and I wouldn't assume any of my friends would do it either. I do want to thank you for coming in and talking to us, Riley. I do appreciate that. He called Emma with one of his friend's phone, and the call didn't go very well. And Emma blocked the phone number. He told police that he was upset about the breakup. But to the police, Riley seemed emotionless and disconnected. Like it was rehearsed. At first, their relationship appeared normal. But Emma's friends became concerned because it became apparent that Riley didn't want Emma to hang out with anybody but him and he became controlling over her 
He wouldn't let her do certain things, and they would fight a lot. They would argue over text messages or Snapchat posts. He would tell her what she should and shouldn't wear. They would break up and get back together. Riley used to wait outside the supermarket where Emma used to work, and he would wait for hours. According to Emma's friends, Riley became aggressive. He would send her Snapchat messages that said, I hate you. I hate everything about you. And you're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with. Another one said, You're dead to me. I'll check the obituary. After that, Emma's parents banned Riley from their house and took Emma's cell phone away to stop them from communicating. But it didn't work. Riley gave Emma an iPad touch and she texted him through Wi-Fi. Every time Riley wrote Emma a nasty message, he apologized after and she would forgive him. Emma's mother advised Emma to break up with Riley many times. And by fall 2016, Emma and Riley were still dating. Riley had graduated and was at a nearby college and Emma was in her junior year of high school, but their relationship continued. So around Halloween that year, Emma's parents grounded her. She was only allowed to go to school and cheerleading. They monitored everywhere she went. And it seemed to work. Emma became her old self again. She socialized more with her family and friends. She even told her friends that she was done with Riley for good. But apparently, Riley didn't take the breakup well. While in his college dorm room, he swallowed a bunch of Vicodin pills with alcohol in an attempt to kill himself. At social gatherings, he would be off to the side moping. Apparently, Riley's mom had a criminal record. And the night before Emma was killed, Riley's mom posted on social media and it said, If you mess with my son, I'm going to come after you. The police started thinking, can Riley's mom have done this? Then the police got a call from another officer who had nothing to do with the investigation of Emma's murder. He asked if they were investigating the death of a high school student because Riley's grandfather reported a 9mm gun stolen about a week prior to Emma's homicide. And it matched the caliber from the crime scene. Riley's mom was living at that residence with Riley's grandmother and grandfather. The day after Emma's murder, Riley and his mother were both suspects. The police obtained a search warrant but didn't find the weapon. But they found the box that the gun was shipped in. And they had shell casings from that gun. And they matched the ones found at the crime scene. His handgun was the murder weapon. After the police interviewed Riley, he started texting his friends asking why they told police about the gun. And he asked his friends not to talk to police anymore. Alex told detectives that Riley told him that he was so fearful for his life that he stole his grandfather's gun and showed Alex the gun. Another friend of Riley's named Noah told detectives that Riley asked him how to get fingerprints off of a gun. He told Noah that his roommate was asking. Of course, Noah didn't believe him. Riley asked his friends to help him get rid of the gun. His friends told the police. The plan was for Riley's friends to go undercover with visual and audio recordings and get eyes on the gun. The police told them to do what they normally do and act as normal as possible. Riley kept saying he needs to get rid of the gun. He talked about throwing the gun in the water, so Alex and Noah agreed to help. I don't know who shot him up. I don't know who did. I would never hurt her a day in my life. 
I had that gun because I was scared about what happened. I know you don't believe me. You probably don't either. Whatever. I'm telling you. I I believe you didn't shoot him because that's a big step. They said if they find the gun and it matches it, which it wouldn't. So why? So why did you just give him the gun? Just it just needs to be gone. For whatever reason, just it just needs to be gone. Yes, man, but that sounds like you're like you're cold hard proof. Like other than that, it's it's he said she said. Well, can we go to the bluffs? Because I I need to get rid of the gun. At the bluff, I'm gonna throw it in the water. They will never they'll never Listen, find it in the river. I'm trying to hit the water with like rocks. And I can't hit the water. We can go on that the smaller ledge that really looks out of the water. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like under. Yeah. And if I throw it with enough I know it's terrifying I know this is you guys don't have to come with me if you don't want to I mean I got your back man I just dude I got your back if it goes if it's in the Tennessee River they will never find it Alex drove and Noah was in the back seat communicating with the police on his cell phone they stopped to get fast food then they parked at the apartment complex to walk down to the bluffs so after Riley finished his food he took the gun out of the pillowcase that he had. And at that moment, both Noah and Alex texted the code word to the police, letting them know that they saw the gun. Then the police came and told everybody in the car to get out of the car. And they put handcuffs on Riley. They saw the gun along with gloves and black clothing. So Riley was the mysterious man dressed in all black. Riley was on house arrest for a year until the trial. During trial, Riley said he never meant to kill Emma. He just meant to scare her and get her attention. But prosecutors didn't buy it. May 8, 2018, Riley Gall was found guilty of first-degree murder, stalking, reckless endangerment, theft, and tampering with evidence. He was sentenced to 51 years in prison. Emma loved animals and wanted to be a NICU nurse and used to love going to the dog park to watch dogs. Emma Jane Walker Memorial Dog Park was named after her and a NICU patient room at East Tennessee Children's Hospital was also named after her. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Murder Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked it, please share it. Sharing is caring. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks, for more real crime stories. And please don't forget to join me on Patreon. Your support is greatly appreciated. Again, the link is in the show notes. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Thanks. Bye.